no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. Thank you for being with us. First and Pod, Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. Subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. It's the NFL offseason. We don't even have to make stories out of nothing, Pony. Because the NFL offseason never stops or starts or I don't even know what it is. Um, But this is right up our alley, man. We both gamble. We both have gambled for a long, long time. What's the first offshore website you can remember gambling on? Uh, Okay, so this is going to be funny. I think it was just called sportsbook.com. Nice. Or it, it probably wasn't even a dot com. It might have been like dot something AU or dot AG dot AG. Then I progressed into the Bodogs and odds maker accounts. Uh, I had this weird account where in my sophomore year of college, Danny, I think they gave me a thousand dollars and I lost it, of course. And then they like tried to hunt me down for it and like sent threatening letters to my mom's address and whatnot. But, you know, I learned with those offshore accounts, it's a bitch when you win to get your money. Oh, yeah. It really is. It's a huge problem. Uh, I could go into some of the mistakes I made with that. The Buccaneers Super Bowl win, I had a massive offshore futures bet on them that I never got. And they claimed COVID and, and stuff like that. Or why they couldn't send me a check. So I never saw that money. Oh, yeah, yeah. They said everything slowed down and shut down because because that was in 2020. Wait a minute. The most recent Buccaneers Super Bowl you were at an offshore? I, th- I thought you meant Gruden. No. <laughs> That's a mess. I didn't know. <laughs> That's incredible. Yes. The... the, the <laughs> That you were a six-figure earner and then still had money in uh, significant offshores. I, I I started with SkylineCasino.com. Okay. When I, I don't when think I I've ever heard of that. 15 or 16. Then I did the Bodog thing. The I think the sketchiest thing I ever did was buy prepaid phone cards that then they would yep. like transfer your deposit money into and like it was so easy to give them your money but if you wanted to take money out you would like request payment it would get like rerouted through the bahamas or some like island and then you'd get a check in like 10 to 21 days (laughs) like and then you would take that to the bank and just hope that you had an understanding teller to deposit it um so we've come a long way And the NFL has come so far that they now have an ever-evolving gambling policy and people are getting suspended for it. And sometimes it's like Calvin Ridley and it was indefinite. And then he had to reapply for reinstatement, which he will be, and he'll be back this year. The most recent one is in Indianapolis. The NFL is investigating um, Isaiah Rogers, who's probably was slated to be a starter at cornerback uh, this year. He copped to it on Twitter saying he wants to take full responsibility. Uh, Jamison Williams 
among others on the Lions, right? Stanley Berryhill, uh, Quintez Cephas, CJ Moore, Shaka Tony of the Commanders, all have been caught up to varying degrees uh, and varying levels of severity. And there's rumors that there's way more coming here. And I mean, I, we've got a lot. Of, I know we both have a lot of thoughts on it. But my first one is I get why you can't bet on NFL games. If anyone makes the point that, wow, it's so hypocritical, they're in bed with FanDuel, they're in bed with Caesars, they have sports books at their stadiums, and there are commercials all over the place. I get it. This has it's it's a red line. You cannot risk the public who watches these games on television thinking that they're watching the WWE. The WWE is a profitable entertainment business. It's worth like 8 to 10 billion. The NFL is worth hundreds of billions. Live sports are relevant because we don't know what's going to happen. If people lost faith that the outcome was predetermined, the whole house of cards crumbles. So I get why you and me can cover the NFL and bet on it, but Justin Fields and Kenny Pickett can't. Sucks for them, maybe. Not fair to them, maybe, but they're compensated in other ways. That's just the reality of the situation. I don't really think it's as much about the fans. You know, we we people claim that the integrity of the game is what keeps people watching. I don't believe that because I think there are a lot of fans who think that the games are fixed anyways. That just are the tinfoil hat-wearing fans that look at Neil O'Donnell's performance in Super Bowl 30 or Rich Gannon against the, the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl or any number of you know missed kicks by a kicker or drops by a wide receiver or you know, a game where the outcome seems predetermined and then the referees have questionable calls that cause a big upset to happen or occur. I think that fans are under the impression that there's a lot of shadiness that goes on in the NFL as it is. So if this were to get uncovered, if there were some bombshell, there would be outrage. But I don't think it would, I don't think it would hurt the NFL's credibility to the point where it would be at risk of no longer being the number one sport in America. Cause I think you've already got, I'm going to conservatively estimate. I bet one in one in five fans think that something like that happens in an NFL game every Sunday, whether it's the refs, whether it's coaches, whether it's a player that somebody like that is doing something that's not on the up and up in illegal. That's why my, my theory is if there is a star player, if Patrick Mahomes was betting on Chiefs games every Sunday, I don't think we'd ever find out about it. I think they'd bury that so fast. And just like the Jordan retirement near quotes, something like that would happen where it would never see the light of day. Because who else knows about it other than the NFL? You know, it would come down to some enterprising reporter like an Adam Schefter would have to uncover that. And I even wonder in that situation if if, if somebody like that would want to break that story and risk their relationship with the NFL over it, Danny? Well, I think your number of one and five might be high. I think we hear from those people. They text our shows. They tweet about it. They call. 
but I think it's also a coping mechanism. I'm not sure how many of them really truly believe it. And I think that we've watched fixed sporting events before. And there's like an ignorance is bliss element to it where we don't want to know. But I do think the majority of this stuff, the overwhelming majority, if a guy drops it, it's because he made a mistake. If a ref blows a call, it's because he made a mistake. If it's, if a player chokes, it's because he made a mistake. I think that is the explanation. Sports are hard. That So that's the explanation the vast, vast, vast majority of the time. So I'm not sure if I'm with you on one in five. I definitely agree that it wouldn't be an Adam Schefter or an Ian Rappaport or maybe even a Jay Glazer. It would take like, you know, uh, Mark Farinuata, like, you know, like a Jeremy Schapp, like an outside the lines, like, like a real, like a real journalist who is not a, uh, a scoops transactional reporter in order to uncover something of that magnitude if the NFL was covering it up. But I think what's happening right now is these companies and we both, you know, I work for Rivers, you work with FanDuel, like we love that legalized sports gambling is propping up the sports media entity. It pays for both of our houses. Like we're pro legalized sports gambling. Uh, One of the things that comes with this added technology and it's legal in this place and it's not legal in another, we've all lived in legal places where it's legal and then traveled to places where it's not forgotten about that, pulled up our app, and the geolocator has not allowed us to make a bet. So they've gotten pretty good on the legal side of it of figuring this out. So the leagues say, we can't have Pat Mahomes or Jamison Williams, the number one guy in the league, or the last rookie drafted. We can't have them gambling on games. you got to help us out. We're going to give you the names. Obviously, there are ways around that have a buddy do it, have an associate do it, whatever. They're going to there's always going to be scammers to the rules. But what I found interesting is they changed the rule in 2018. It used to be you can't bet on any sport. Now, they're like, "Eh, if it's legal everywhere, you know, an NFL player can bet on the NBA. He can bet on baseball. He just can't bet on the NFL." But with the geolocator, they said, you can't bet in the workplace. So Jamison Williams, who looked like a stud at the end of last year, recovering from an injury, is going to miss the first six games of this year because he didn't bet on the NFL, but he placed a bet. I don't know what it was on, if it was NBA or whatever, but he did it from the Lions practice facility. And yes, that is against the rules. But I would want to ask you, should it be? If you're allowed to bet on baseball and you're in the NFL, why can't you do it when you're in the cafeteria at the Lions practice facility? I don't get it. If a team wants to make that a rule, like some companies will block out uh, certain websites because they think it's going to disrupt productivity. And then if somebody gets through and does it there, and they're like, well, your attention is in the wrong place, so we're going to give you some almost kangaroo court-style punishment for it. That's all that should be. If you're going to bet an NBA game and take five minutes to do it at your your football job, 
that should be not even a slap on the wrist. That should be He's getting okay. six games. Yeah, the NFL to me should not. The NFL should stick to the serious stuff here, which is we are giving you millions of dollars. You are in the top 1% of earners in America to play this game. All we're asking you to do is resist the temptation to bet on our league. That's it. For a couple of reasons, insider trading reasons, like you have proprietary information that you're using to your benefit or people you know are using to their benefit. So that kind of information is leaking out. You're using it uh, unfairly. Or to your earlier point, you're doing it because you're willing to affect the outcome of the game in a way that helps your wager. Which is their which is their worst fear? Like to me, if somebody came to me and said, Andrew, in order for you to keep this job that is a really nice job and allows you to support your family and your lifestyle, the only thing you can't do is bet on NBA games. That would be a very easy thing for me to do, even though I have an addictive personality. <laughs> because it's just one part of the vice that I have that would be closed off. And I could do that in that extreme situation. That's why like the guys that are betting NFL games, like Rogers, who's betting Colts games, what an idiot. Like I have no empathy for that guy in this situation. You were pretty much allowed to bet everything else. As long as you didn't do it from the Colts facility. I, on, honestly, I, I, I don't have a ton of empathy for it either. Um, and like I said, I get why the punishment has to be strict if you're betting on the NFL. The I just I don't I don't I legitimately don't know what the argument is for we're cool with you betting on other sports. We're just not cool with you betting on other sports when you're on our property. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. No, I know. Um, and and I if I'm a Lions fan, like, wait a minute, six games? That's like a first-time PED user, you know. Like, like it, we've seen it, even worse things get that kind of suspension from the NFL. Right. I'm just talking about like things that could like impact. Like we were talking about integrity of the game. Like, you know, ga- like if you gambled on your team or you gambled against your team, like that's an integrity of the game thing. If you take steroids, you're cheating of the game. Like, yes, that we've definitely seen like more morality or lack thereof things lead to really out of whack suspensions, of course. But I just, when I was reading about the different ones, I'm like, wait a second, that's still a thing. There's no reason. Let me ask you this question. If you, if, if Justin Fields bet on the bears to win the game, a game he played in, not a game he was on his couch for like Ridley. Do you think that that should carry a lifetime ban? No. What if he bet against the Bears in a game he played in? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing so is... What man, would like, your minimum suspension be for betting on your team in a game you played in? I think that what they're doing is reasonable. I think what they're doing is reasonable. Like, if you bet on the NFL, you're suspended indefinitely, you're out for the year, and you have to reapply for reinstatement. And like you get in front of the commissioner or whoever is handling it and you've got to like, I, I get why it has to be so harsh. Like I keep saying, like you, they cannot live with the appearance of 
integrity being jeopardized. So I completely get it. I felt bad for Calvin Ridley because he was kind of at the beginning of this. He was hurt. He was bored. He's like, like, like what he said was so believable to me. He's like, I was on my couch. I was bored. There's a commercial on my TV. That's he's like, I deposited 1500 bucks. Cause he probably saw one of those like risk-free $1,500 first bet promotions that we both done commercials for. It's like, I was planning to just bet NFL bets that night. And then I put in the Falcons uh, into a parlay because I wanted to root on my boys. Like, he was, he was just, he's out for the year. Like, you know what I mean? He was, he wasn't even, like, I, I do have empathy for like the impulsive nature of advertising working, but you, there are consequences for your actions. And well, I think, I, I think, I think that there's a simple solution to this though. The NFL should make it, should the NFL PA should submit a list to the sports books. Here are the names of the players in our union. They are banned, like you block them from betting on NFL games. There should be software for that. They should have the technology to do that. Well, that's how they get found out. It's just, it just doesn't, it's just not there where they can get it preactive, like pre- preemptively blocked. But that that that's how these guys. But it get should be preemptive. Out. It should be preemptively blocked. Yeah, that 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 maybe maybe that's the next step. But th- but that's how these guys are getting caught. Is they're be they're being reported by their league gambling partners, and that that's how it's happening. But yeah, may, maybe maybe preemptively blocked like uh, on their account. Like, hey, Calvin Ridley has a FanDuel account. When he pulls up his app, the NFL tab should just not exist for him. Yep. Right. Like may, may, maybe they can get into that space. Um, this is a. Much more feel-good story. Not that that's that like terrible, but because we both love gambling and there is some humor in there, but sucks for these guys getting suspended. But DeMar Hamlin was on the field. He was in his special helmet, and he was going through the football drills. This is obviously bigger than football, human interest. He has crossed over, and he represents so many things now like he will save lives because cpr uh defibrillators he wants there to be more access Raheem to morris that. said that he, he just went through the cpr class and he helped save that kid from drowning right because of some of the rules that were instituted after the damar hamlin near tragedy so he he clearly is his life was saved and his presence and activism will continue to save lives. How big of a story do you think this will be by week one of next year? Gigantic. I think the second he runs onto the NFL field for the first time in full uniform with his helmet on and pads and everything else, he'll lead the Bills out of the tunnel for their first game, which I think is that Monday night game against the Jets. So that'll be added yep. to that whole spectacle of Aaron Rodgers' first game. And uh, I think right now, speaking of betting, he has already won the NFL Comeback Player of the Year award. He can be a part-time defensive player and a special teams player, and he will be the NFL's Comeback Player of the Year just because of the enormity of what this return to play represents, where we saw 
in an NFL game, a player almost die on the field and then less than a year later uh, return to action. So it's not often we get those feel-good stories. Usually when someone leaves like that, you know, there's spinal injuries, paralysis involved, things like that. And when they come back, it's in a whole different way. They're just out there almost ceremonially. Um, I think this is, I think this will be one of the most watched uh, players in 2023, even though he's not a hugely impactful player from how productive he's been and what kind of role he'll have on the bills in more than just a, you know, way to galvanize the team sort of way. Um, But man, when that happened, if you would have told me that this would be our conversation six months later, I wouldn't have believed that. No, neither would I. That night. And I just pulled up the same thing that our producer Spencer Ray did. Um, It's funny. The idea of gambling on that. (laughs) He's minus 300 to win an NFL comeback player of the year. Who's second? Do we know who's second on the board? Yeah, I got the whole list. You want to to take any guesses? Who's somebody that's coming off a big injury? You know, do they even list Aaron Rodgers? They don't list Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Because Geno Smith won comeback player of the year last year for just being bad for his entire career leading up to that. Ryan Tannehill won an award in Tennessee for comeback player of the year for being benched. All right, so you're you're on it. Who underachieved, had weapons added, high-profile player, quarterback, AFC signed a new contract. Lamar Jackson. There we go. Now they don't list Deshaun Watson, do they? They do not. I don't think they should. You know, Michael Vick won comeback player of the year award after he killed dogs for sport and served time. I think that should disqualify you from comeback player of the year. I don't think you should get the award. For your own misdeeds. So here's the thing. I tend to agree with you that the DeMar Hamlin thing is is free money. Um, But there are some big names on here. Like Lamar's 20 to 1. Tua is 25 to 1. Cooper Cup is 25 to 1. Russell Wilson is 25 to 1. How can Tua be listed here? When he's coming back from a from a breakout year where he threw 25 touchdowns and I think was second in the league in passer rating behind Mahomes. What I, is he coming back from? He's not coming back from anything. He's continuing what he did last year. I I don't know, but it, it's such a weird award. And it's obviously so driven by media and narrative that I agree that DeMar Hamlin will win. But I maybe I'm more of a cynic than you. I think that week one, DeMar Hamlin will be one of the biggest stories in the NFL, but everybody will have the same opinion. Wow, this is great. How beautiful. Amazing. But then like the, the talking head shows on Monday 
are going to talk about how Aaron Rodgers looked in the Jets uniform. They're not going to talk about DeMar Hamlin. Well, no, uh, it's then, not. It's, by week six, are people still going to be talking about it? Even though obviously it matters and is impactful. I don't, I don't, guess, I, I, I don't, I don't think it has to be. I don't think it has to be a weekly story for someone to win that award. Alex Smith was not a weekly story in Washington. He almost had a, his leg amputated and he won comeback player of the year just because he almost lost his football career to a hellacious knee injury. So I just think in my, just my opinion, what the, what the award is supposed to represent. If Hamlin doesn't win the award, you, you should really just, it, you should stop having the comeback. You should get rid of the comeback player of the year award. It was invented. <laughs> Eric Berry won the award for coming back from cancer, which I love. I mean, that was that's yes. that's a slam dunk. He came yes. back from leukemia. You come back from something like that, you should win comeback player of the year. The whole thing is about perseverance and in, in, in coming back from adversity. Not coming back from being bad at your job for the previous five years, which is what Geno Smith won it for. Okay, well, so right, listen, man, I'm with you. So should we just bet 30 grand on DeMar to win the free 10? Oh, man. How do I – my wife is due with a baby in like a month, and I have to think for three now instead of two. Yeah. Can I sell her on that idea? Honey, <laughs> instead of putting $10,000 in a college fund that is going to mature over the next 18 years – can I just bet on DeMar Hamlin to be the comeback <laughs> player of the year? Yeah. I, I I can I can make us, you know, 30% I I, I in, yes. in five months. Yeah, I know. This is better than a Madoff Ponzi scheme. But the problem is, I think what's keeping me from 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 walking the walk here is that it's a week literally where like the morality of sports has been stripped away by this whole golf debacle. So trusting people to do the right thing and vote this award the way they're supposed to is something I don't want to commit a lot of money to right now, Danny. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause like, and dude, they're a good play. Like what if Cooper cup has 1700 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns. That still is not equal to a player almost dying on the field and returning the next NFL season. But I hear you. I agree, but he would get votes. He would absolutely get votes. Um, all right, I got one more quick thing for you. Sure. Fire away. Do you think we have progressed as a sports media and a sports fan base where players missing or skipping with most of the time, no explanation, voluntary workouts. It's no longer a story unless you're a quarterback. You know, I know the beat reporters still report on it. They still take attendance. The coach still gets asked about it, but I don't see fan outrage or uproar or, you know, Mike Florio or Boomer Esiason or anyone in like the sports take industrial complex being overly judgmental or critical 
of players missing voluntary workouts. Is, is there someone here who has avoided the scorn and the disdain that is doing what you're describing? Who has just got has just gotten a free pass for it? That is making you. I'm thinking about it more like on a local level. Like, um, so there's like two no, there's two guys for the Bears that are interesting to me. Like Jalen Johnson, who we have on the show every week, is a great dude, very talented cornerback. He's in line for a contract extension. He's like, my daughter lives in California. I don't get to see her a lot during the season. I have my charity event. I want to spend as much time with my daughter. I'm zooming in with my coaches, and then I'm going to be there for the mandatory camp. No big deal. Okay. Then they signed Nate Davis, the guard, right guard from the Titans. He's a. There's no explanation as to why he isn't there. But new player, new offense, just got a contract. There's every reason in the world for him to be there. Start learning his teammates, start learning the system, the cadence, the install, the whole thing. At least a guard. It's not the most important position or anything. But like, I was like, huh, it's kind of weird that he's not here. But whatever, no big deal. He'll be here by training camp. Again, I don't expect either Jalen Johnson or Nate Davis to be on SportsCenter. And Aaron Rodgers is getting some love for showing up and like fully embracing the Jets like he didn't do with the voluntary stuff in Green Bay. So that's been talked about a little bit nationally. So I don't have like a great national example for you, but I just, I don't see it. I don't see the story on pro football talk of the player getting crushed for not like ingratiating himself in the new spot. I I, I think, I I think fans and media alike have a very hard time with how we're supposed to evaluate things that happen right now on the football calendar. I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. So one of ESPN's local football reporters got on Will Levis and said, just he had a horrible week of practices last week. Yeah. And guys like Lewis Riddick, there was ESPN on ESPN Crime where they buried this guy for reporting that. Now, here's my issue with that. If Lewis Riddick is going to kill one of his coworkers for having that opinion, then you need to have the same energy for guys who say, you know what? Bryce Young looked great in practice this week. Because if we're going to compliment guys for looking good this time of year, then we should also be allowed to criticize players who don't look good, even if it's just football and shorts. So that's my that's my way of really saying, I think, I think we're all confused. I think we all get twisted into knots over this. When you were describing that Davis thing to me, I'm thinking, if I was on the air in Chicago, I'd say, what the hell's wrong with this guy? You just got all this money. The practices are light. Just get to Chicago now and show everybody that you're committed to not getting your freaking quarterback killed this year. Even if it's not meaningful practices, just what it it, it doesn't take a lot of work. And I think it shows people that you're, you're in the right place going about preparing for the next football season. That's all. I mean, that's, that's how I think of stuff like that. I, I well, so maybe maybe you're the guy that would be overly critical, and like we've we've talked about it. But my thing, like, man, this is all collectively bargained. Like the players wanted less work 
and the owners are willing to concede anything that doesn't cost them anything in revenue. I was talking to uh, Dan Bernstein, longtime famous talk show host, started out as a reporter, Bulls and Bears. He's like, we didn't used to cover OTAs. So we didn't even cover it. It was just like a thing that happened. But just because it's the NFL and it's grown so much in popularity that now I, I actually and everything is an opportunity for I, clicks and video and, and I know, content. But I actually think that this is the time of year that is the most relatable to football fans. And here's why. Most football fans are people who maxed out as athletes when they were in high school. That that was the apex of their high of their sports career. Playing themselves was in high school. And something that most high school athletes can relate to is when a coach would say, these practices are voluntary, and they weren't. You'd have to show up. If you didn't, your teammates, and especially your coaches, would think less of you for not being there at voluntary weightlifting days or voluntary uh, scrimmages and stuff outside of the season. And so I think when guys are making millions of dollars and fans know that it's not really going to be excruciatingly difficult practices, but the coaches are there and a lot of players are there, just be a good teammate and show up for it. It's not asking that much. Like TJ Watt missed the first day of Steelers OTAs. And I just said, come on, dude, you're the highest paid player on the team. You're getting paid like a quarterback. You're a captain. Just get here and even if you just watch practice for those days, be around the rookies and young guys on the team and just be someone for them to talk to and go over shit with. And then he was there for the second day, so it turned into a non-story. But I think like the guys you talked about, like quarterbacks in new places and guys that get paid, I think you set the right tone for the season when you're at shit like this. I think the only guys that it's a story for really, like in my mind, would be quarterbacks. I don't think it's a huge deal, but I'm just, it's like I said, overall, it feels like they don't take any heat for it. And I think that's a sign on some level of progress. You got anything else this week? Anything else we need to get to? No, I'm good. All right. Uh, we should do a separate podcast on live golf i got takes did you do your whole show on live at any point this week i talked about it a bit quite a bit today as the news broke absolutely thank you to spencer ray we'll be back uh next week first in pod andrew philponi danny parkins peace Twenty four hundred sports is an odyssey company 